Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for May 31st, 2018, final day of May. We have nine games to talk about, and the first thing of note with the weather is the Yankees-Orioles game looks like a fairly likely rainout right now. There are like 80 to 90% chance of thunderstorms at the beginning of the, of the game, and then it kind of dies down percentage-wise later. But it's still like 40 to 50% chance of thunderstorms for the rest of the night after that. So for right now, we're going to say that, that game seems like it's a pretty likely rain out. So for now, we're not going to be very high on the Yankees offense, even though it's a good matchup for them against Andrew Kashner in theory. So pitchers for tomorrow, two expensive guys. We have Clayton Kershaw and Aaron Nola at 11,800, 11,100. The question is just how long is Kershaw going to be allowed to pitch? It was a biceps injury that he was on. The disabled list. So hopefully it's something we have more information on tomorrow. But what's your opinion on Kershaw as of this, this uh, I guess, the day before looking at it? Yeah, I, th- I think that Kershaw isn't the greatest play unless we know for sure that he doesn't have a pitch restriction. I mean, even if he doesn't, he certainly has been a little bit worse this year. Like, I think it's a good price for him if he's fully healthy. But there are also are just a lot of pitchers in kind of the mid-range for this slate that are definitely worth playing. Um, and some guys who are very good pitchers in sort of difficult matchups, but um, they're a lot cheaper than Kershaw is. And the Phillies are better against um, against lefties. Uh, they strike out less against lefties. One thing that would be a huge factor here, and fortunately this, uh, this Dodgers game is actually at 7.30. Um, it's not a 10 o'clock game. So we should know if Reese Hoskins is in the lineup or not before lock. Um, that would have a pretty big impact on how I feel about Kershaw. Well, Reese, Hos- Reese Hoskins is going on the DL. Okay, well, Reese Hoskins will not be in the lineup then. Um, that's definitely a pretty big boost for Kershaw. Um, I think it's one of those situations where if you make a cheaper stack and you can pay up for him, I'm fine with him. Um, and that's assuming he's on like an 85, 90 pitch count, something like that. Um, I, I really doubt the Dodgers are going to say that Kershaw is throwing 100-plus pitches in this game. Um, even if that were the case, I doubt they'd say it. Um, it would probably only happen if Kershaw was pitching really, really well. So it's not like they're probably going to just hold him to a firm count of 90, I think. I think it'll be more vague than that, and we'll just kind of have to guess. Um, So I'm okay with Kershaw, but there's a little bit of reason to be uncertain here, and I do like a lot of the other pitchers also. Yeah, so moving down, I think the guy who's probably the highest upside play for his price is Lance McCullers, 8,900. It's a really tough matchup against the against the Red Sox, but there is a chance that Mookie Betts doesn't play because he's been out for the last few days. And the other thing, too, is that the splits for McCullers are some of the most significant splits in baseball. So something I've said a lot is, like, McCullers is one of those guys who I like to play a lot when he pitches at home and I don't like when he pitches on the road. His career numbers, uh, just looking at the ERA really quick, on the road for his career is a 5.09 ERA and a 2.3 ERA for his career at home. He, let's see, what are, he? his strikeouts are way down on the road. His walks are up. So him pitching at home, the re, one of the reasons that his price tag is down a lot is he's made three of his last four starts on the road, and he was not good in any of them. He's made one good start in his last four, and it came in a home start in a fairly tough matchup against the Indians. So McCullers at home should fare better in this spot. So at 8,900, I like him, even though it's a tough matchup. Do you have any different opinion on McCullers? Um, it only is different if Mookie Betts is playing. 
Um, there are two pitchers in this range that I like a lot because I think there's a ton of strikeout upside. Um, I think Sean Newcomb is a better play than McCullers if Mookie Betts is in. Um, and if Betts is out, I think I like McCullers more. But those are my two favorite mid-range pitchers either way, so it may not be that meaningful of a distinction. Um, I do think there might be... It might be a better spot for someone like Jose Quintana or maybe going way way cheaper to Wade LeBlanc um, or just paying up for Kershaw. Like, I, w- I wouldn't like McCullers that much if Betts is playing. Um, he's by far the Red Sox best hitter. He has a WRC plus over 200 against both righties and lefties this year. Um, and looking at like his batted ball data and his expected stats, he actually has been a little bit unlucky this year. Um, it's, it's a massive amount of difference for McCullers if Betts is in or out. So if Betts is out, McCullers is my favorite pitcher on the slate. And if Betts is in, he's maybe my third or fourth favorite pitcher, but I definitely like him either way. So which are the guys that you like more than him then? So Sean Newcomb, I think, is the is the highest upside play for his price. Um, 8,100, he's at home, and the Nationals against lefties are not nearly as good as they are against righties. And looking at their lineup, it, it does make sense. Like, I, I don't expect this to be something that regresses too much, although Anthony Rendon has missed some time this year. Um, but the Colonel's, the current Nationals lineup has, um, it has a lot of lefties in it. It has Matt Adams, who probably will sit um, against the left-handed pitcher, so that's a big boost. And then uh, Juan Soto is up, but he's left-handed. Bryce Harper's left-handed. Trey Turner is right-handed, but he has reverse splits. And I'm pretty sure that Mark Reynolds is reverse splits also. Um, Mark Reynolds just isn't that good anyway. So I think it's actually a decent matchup for Newcomb. He's a high strikeout pitcher who's maybe just an average pitcher overall, but he's not that expensive. So I think I like him potentially more than McCullers. Um, And then Jose Quintana is a lot less good than Sean Newcomb, um, especially in terms of strikeouts, but he's facing the Mets and the Mets against lefties are a very bad offense. Yeah. So the Mets numbers against lefties this year last in WRC plus while also having a 27% strikeout rate. So the Mets hit the least against lefties of any pitcher in baseball, and they strike out the most. So Jose Quintana, we were talking about before, he has regressed a little bit this year. But I, I think that I would roster almost any pitcher at 7,500 against the Mets, who's a lefty. And Quintana, if you look at his numbers for the year, as bad as he's been, he's averaging 14 DraftKings points per start. So 7,500 is just kind of like a standard price for him anyway. And then it's a plus matchup. So... I like the price tag on Quintana a lot, and that's just assuming that he stays the same as what he is, where I think there is a chance that he rebounds and pitches a little bit better going forward. Uh, it's a good spot for him. Cespedes is out. Todd Frazier's out. A lot of injuries for the Mets. Uh, the other guy who I think is pretty interesting moving down, uh, we have Wade LeBlanc at 5500 Just... Also, not like a super good pitcher or anything. It's just a cheap price, and the Rangers, uh, slightly below average against lefties, 95 WRC+, plus, but the second-highest strikeout rate behind the Mets. So in terms of priority of pitchers for me, it's still McCullers 1 and then Quintana 2 and then Newcomb 3, LeBlanc 4 for me, and then Kershaw just kind of wait and see what happens with pitch count restrictions. How about for you? So you have Quintana ahead of Newcomb, is that what you said? Yes. Okay. I think they are close. Um, I think McCullers is one, but only if Mookie Betts is out. And if Betts is in, then I would have Newcomb one, Quintana two. But I think it is close, so it might not be a meaningful distinction. Um, that would be my favorite combination is those two guys. And then McCullers would be my number three if Mookie is playing. Um, I don't think we'll need to go that cheap for Wade LeBlanc. Um, 
we maybe would need to in Yankee stacks, but if that game gets rained out, then the offense we like is just not that expensive where we would need to go cheap at pitching. Um, Kershaw and LeBlanc, I guess, as a second pitcher with Kershaw, uh, LeBlanc makes sense there. But I think a, a Newcomb-Quintana combo or McCullers and either of those guys, something like that, it's a cheap enough kind of like with both guys being in the mid-range where we don't need to go all the way down to Wade LeBlanc. And he's not much of a strikeout pitcher, even though the matchup is good. So I don't have too much interest in him. Um, I would have more interest in him to kind of make Yankee stacks work. But I think for the most part, it's just McCullers, Newcomb, Quintana with maybe a little bit of Kershaw. All right. So move into the offenses. I don't really think there are a ton of good spots here. We have, like we said, the the Yankees game looks like it's going to be rained out. So the next best offense is probably the Houston Astros. So Drew Pomerantz has been good in the past, but he was dealing with injuries in the offseason. I think, I don't know if he had uh, surgery, but he did have shoulder issues. And coming back this year, 6.75 ERA, a 5.39 FIP. He's still striking guys out, but he's walking a ton of guys. His velocity is way down. Negative wins above replacement. He just hasn't been a good pitcher this year. And the Astros are probably cheaper than they should be against them. The Astros' offense has been not quite as good as we would expect against lefties so far this year. But I still think it's probably a top like five offense at worst the rest of the season. So, I mean, guys, Altuve at 4900 he's the most expensive hitter. Then Correa is still also pretty cheap at 4700 And then Springer is at 4800 So those core guys are typically all over 5000 So to have them below that mark in a plus matchup, and Craig Kimbrell might not be available because he pitched on uh, Wednesday afternoon, really good spot for the Astros. So Pomerantz has been someone that I've been stacking against as much as possible the last month or so, and I actually I tried to do it on a showdown slate last time he pitched. It didn't end up working out because uh, I guess when there's two teams playing, the other offense could end up scoring also. I think the Red Sox won that game 8-5. to five. So Pomerantz was very bad against the Braves. Um, his numbers from last year were the beginning of the concerns. Um, he had a 360 ERA in the first half and a 301 ERA actually in the second half. But the second half ERA was really, really fluky. Um, after the All-Star break, Pomerantz's strikeout rate dropped from about 10 per nine innings to about eight per nine innings, and his walk rate went up from 3.2 to right around four. Um, so in the second half of last season, Pomerantz had a 405 FIP and a 464 XFIP. And the Astros lineup is predominantly right-handed. It's an away game. Um, Pomerantz has been worse this year than those second half numbers were last year. His velocity continues to go down. He was throwing 87, 88 miles per hour last game. And yeah, for the year, his numbers are overall just awful now. Um, he's giving up more hard contact this year than he has since he pitched at Coors Field. Um, it's a lot of bad things for Pomerantz. And I think he's definitely pitching through some sort of injury at this point. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised that the Red Sox are still letting him stay in the rotation and not just rest or go on the DL or something. Um, it's notable enough that uh, their manager said had to actually specify that he'd make his next start. Usually uh, managers don't have to tell everyone that the pitcher is keeping his spot in the rotation, but um, there was definitely concern for Pomerantz's health. So I think it's a good spot for the Astros for that reason. And then, yeah, the Red Sox bullpen outside of Craig Kimbrell, who, like you said, may not even be available anyway, um, but he wouldn't pitch if the Astros are winning regardless. Uh, the rest of their bullpen is not very good. So there's a lot of upside for the Astros. I think people still regard Pomerantz as one of the, maybe not one of the better pitchers in baseball, but at least a decent pitcher. 
Um, the Astros are minus 200 favorites for this game with an over-under of 9, so the implied run total isn't even that much lower than the Yankees' number, um, and the Astros are a lot cheaper. So this is my favorite offense on the slate by a lot. Um, even if the Yankee game ends up playing where the weather is fine, I still like the Astros more. Um, so because we like a, a few different pitchers, I think it kind of just makes sense to stack almost all Astros and then just kind of mix up the pitching combos. Uh, so also, Kimbrel, I was just checking, not only did he pitch Wednesday afternoon, but he also pitched Tuesday night. So I'm, I'm going to say it's pretty, I, I feel pretty confident that Kimbrel won't be available. And well, I guess it probably won't matter because I, I also feel pretty confident the Red Sox aren't going to hold the lead late in the game either. So I, I think with no Kimbrel, that also helps the Houston uh, offense. One other spot that I think is pretty good that's worth bringing up is maybe not for full stacks, but... There are a couple of really good plays on the Indians going up against Jake Odorizzi, who's a reverse splits pitcher. He's he's actually he's bad against lefties and righties. He's just really bad against righties. So Edwin Encarnacion got off to a slow start this season, but he's been much better lately. He's still only 4200 I think that's a really good price for him against Odorizzi. Uh, and then I think Lindor and Jose Ramirez are also both playable, even though they're expensive, just because they've been so good this year. Uh, any other offense that you want to bring up? Well, just on those guys, I definitely agree on Encarnacion. I probably don't like Lindor that much, and only because Carlos Correa also plays shortstop, and he's cheaper, and I think the Astros are in just a better spot than the Indians. Uh, but I do like Edwin, and then I think Ramirez makes sense. Um, you could definitely make Astros stacks without Bregman. Um, he's not as core of a piece of their offense as Correa is. Um, and then I think the Orioles are intriguing. If the weather's fine there, we don't need to talk too much about them because the game might be rained out, but the Orioles are very cheap against Sonny Gray at home. Um, we went, we mentioned the uh, Mariners briefly before we started. I think it's an okay spot against Mike Miner, um, maybe just for plugs, though, because I think the other teams are just better picks, uh, but the Mariners are still relatively cheap at some parts of their lineup. Uh, Nelson Cruz is 4,000. Um, we've got Kyle Seeger, 3,500. I think Ryan Healy is still pretty cheap, um, and against a lefty, it's a good spot for him. He's priced at 3600 Um Gene Segura is a little expensive, so maybe not full Mariner stacks, but there's some good pieces there. Um, I don't really think there's any other offense to look at, though. I think we can have a pretty narrow focus offensively for this slate. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The Astros, for their prices, are much better than everybody else. Uh, I think we have some decisions to make if the weather gets better for the Yankees-Orioles game, but hopefully it just kind of stays shitty. Uh, that is going to wrap up the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at GRNBertTFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at Preaching Sense. And then we'll be back tomorrow for Friday sleep.